This is episode number 14 of the Emerge and Expand podcast. I'm your host, Catherine McKenzie-Smith, and welcome to a new Do Business Differently interview with my wonderful friend and business bestie, Jade McKenzie. This episode is about being a mission-driven entrepreneur, and if you're looking to reconnect or connect with your own mission, vision, and values as an introvert or highly sensitive person in business, you might be interested in my brand new membership. It's called Secret Introverts Business. It is full of amazing trainings and resources to support you while you not just work out the foundations of your own business and get comfortable putting your work out into the world, but also connecting with your own mission and energy and what it is that you really want, even if that looks different from the way that the rest of the world is doing business. I wanted to make it super accessible for you no matter where you're at in your business, and it is just $7 a month. So if you'd like to learn more about what Secret Introverts Business is, is get tools, training, resources, and join us in the community. Head to secretintrovertsbusiness.com for more info. And now on with the episode. Jade McKenzie, founder of Eventhead, Academy, Reawakened Women, and Beautiful Business Builders is a five times internationally award-winning business coach and event professional with over 15 years experience in event management and business development in the corporate, not-for-profit, and entrepreneurial sectors. Jade specializes in working with thriving entrepreneurs and business owners ranging from startups startups to multimillionaires who want to create successful and sustainable events and businesses. Jade's work has been enjoyed by thousands of people globally with her events featuring in national and international media, including TV, radio, print, and digital platforms. She's taken to the stage delivering presentations and emceeing in New York, London, Paris, and across Australia. And as a coach, she has worked with hundreds of clients, supporting them through their business building, personal transitions, and personal development. Jade and I first connected as we were studying together in the Beautiful You Coaching Academy, and we were paired up as coaching buddies. And we have been through so much together, and I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Thank you so much, Jade, for being here on the Do Business Differently interview series. I'm so excited to talk to you about the incredible journey that you've been on in the time that we've known each other, which has been a long time at this point. (laughs) Um, Just to get started, can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do these days? Okay. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Don't say it like that because you know that it's... um, a bit of a mishmash of things. Mm -hmm. What do I do these days? Okay. So with my partner, we run a Australian health and wellness business that sells products based around one main signature ingredient, which is Comzia Ambigua. And that's predominantly an e-com business. And I also do some business coaching and I'm a trainer for the Beautiful You Life Coaching Academy and we have a couple of skincare businesses. Uh, Yeah, and then I have two kids and a cat and travel. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, just keeping it simple. Minimalist lifestyle, that's it. I love it. And when we first started out, or when we first met each other, we were both learning to become coaches and we were so lucky to be paired up together and develop a friendship that has just evolved so much over the years. And what I love is 
not only getting to be on this journey with you, but also to see how our both our businesses, I think, have just evolved in so many different ways, but always at the heart of the things that we most value and care about and how we want to show up in the world. Can you tell us a little bit about the journey from starting out your business when you first had your Bob number one to (laughs) joining Zia and all of the amazing stuff that you're doing today? I know it's a long story. (laughs) So just the highlights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just so crazy because even just that journey from starting a business and then doing the life coaching course, Mm. even that felt like a huge transition and a really unexpected step that I only would have considered because Julie Parker, whose academy it is, is one of my friends. I Mm. never would have sought that out. So um, I did have a baby, start my events business, and then I was like, I want to be an events coach. I was like, Julie, are there events coaches? Can I be an events coach? And she's like, you can be whatever you want to be. Yes, do this course. I was like, right, get into the course. And with people like yourself, I feel immediately out of my depth. Everybody else looks like they know what they're doing. I do not know anything that I'm doing. I was the worst. Oh, God, I think about those days. It was like so green. Um But then I studied, we finished um, the course and then I started event coaching and that's what really helped propel my business from a service provider that worked with logistics of events into a full service where I could do production and management, but then also really, really help with, you know, the behind the scenes stuff with people and give them event coaching. And I did many fun, interesting, uh, incredible experience-based things throughout that time in Event Head. And then I was ready to close down the production side of things and really just focus on the educational element, which I love um, through like the e-courses and everything and trainings. And then the world shut down. Yeah. Yeah, so that was huge for anyone in hospitality and events. Um, It was actually a really heartbreaking time, Mm. not just to lose parts of yourself and your business, but also to see so many other people suffering. Yeah. And at the time I had been working for Hayden, um, my partner, and Zia a little bit but I was still dabbling you know Mm. I was still a contractor on the books I was like no event head is my thing and that's what I want to grow and then I accidentally got pregnant oops Uh, and (laughs) and then I I made the decision that the best thing for me and what would fulfill me and what would allow me to have time and space to enjoy my pregnancy and, you know, the early years of Henny's life was mm-hmm. to be in Zia and the family business because working for myself with Event Head, it was just a, a really terrible time, honestly, mm-hmm. to be in events. Yeah. It, 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 it was just going to be a really tough uphill battle to get anywhere with that and 
I didn't want to expect Hayden to just be a provider and me do nothing. I absolutely love the work I do with Zia. Mm. And um, I decided that that was the best thing and I could really leverage the skills and experience that I already had and bring something new into the business. And so now today, well, Henny is 18 months old and the business um, is worth $16 million and um, I'm the director of sales and well, marketing and sales. And I love it. It's mm. crazy, but I love it. Was that short enough? Was that a summary? Of course, that was amazing. And what an <laughs> incredible journey because there's so many nuggets of wisdom in there that even through your personal story, I think people can start to mull on. And I definitely was as you were talking, even though I know your story so well because we've been friends through all of that, like really. And it's so funny that you say that you, you know, stepped into that room you know, that first training day that we had for Beautiful You and felt like that, but you already had a business. You were stepping in way ahead of some of us who I didn't even have a business yet. (laughs) And so that is hilarious to me that you felt like that because I was like, I'm just a lowly blogger. Like I haven't done (laughs) anything um, or made any money in my business because it doesn't even exist yet. And so it's so interesting how we move through the world and make assumptions about others around us and where they're at in their life and in their business and ourselves in comparison to that because it's just so often not even remotely what we're interpreting. Uh, But I find that so funny. The thing that I love so much about your story and your journey is that at every turn, and I think you've talked about this before, that each decade of your life has, adult life, has sent you in a different direction from where you thought it would and been about a whole different set of learning experiences. Can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah. Oh, I love that you brought that up because it was a really recent realisation, definitely because I've just turned 40 in February Mm. and this came up when I was being interviewed on another podcast and I was like talking and I was like, wait, I've had a different dream every decade. (laughs) I never even realised. But, you know, I think back and it all just falls into place so nicely, you know, um 19 so it's always when I'm at like a nine mm. um so when I was 19 I was working in a nursing home and I loved it so much and I was thinking about becoming a nurse but I just felt like I really wanted to help the world on a on a bigger scale it wasn't mm. I love the one-on-one with them so much and working in a nursing home but I'm like my dream is to always be uh, just across many, 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 many people. Mm. And so my dream for that decade really was, um, it really was about managing a cancer charity, which is so far removed from what I did at the start. So I was at um, the nursing home and actually the catalyst was a friend from there who quit working. And I used to go to his house after shifts and he'd rip bongs and (laughs) And we'd just sit in his house and, like, yeah, and he'd just smoke and then we'd chat. And then 
I was in Box Hill, Box Hill Station, and he saw me and we were walking up to each other and I was like, hi, how are you, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, what are you up to these days? And I'm like, oh, I'm still the nursing home. And he was like, what? You're still there? And there was just something about that moment, you know, Mm -hmm. when you don't even know why anyone could have said that, but for some reason when that person said it at that time, something in your body shifts and you go, huh. And I swear to God, like the week after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a traineeship and I'm going to start getting the skills that I need to because my granddad died of cancer when I was 12. It Mm -hmm. affected me so much that I really wanted to help in whatever way I can and I wanted to be management at at, at a cancer charity. Um, So that was my dream. I got a traineeship in finance and then... Um, it was a suburban accounting firm. And then one day after going through all of these different levels and getting as far as I wanted to get and umming and ahhing about my career, I was like, oh, baby bird's got to fly the coop. I need <laughs> to explore the world outside of Box Hill. So I got a city job um, at a big financial firm. I hated it. I left after like four months. It was the worst. And then I got a job as a PA for an entrepreneur and then things ended really badly with him. And it's so funny because I was thinking about him the other day and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like six years older than when he sold his business for like 400 million US. Oh, my goodness. So no wonder (laughs) he acted the way he did because men. Am I yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's let's just that, let that one slide. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and then I moved into venture capital for a little bit, just helping as an office manager. And I was this whole time I was volunteering for different charities, and I was working with Salvos, and um, I always had two jobs, and then. I started volunteering. I was like, okay, I'm getting to that age. I need to, you know, really go for my dreams, whatever. I want to volunteer for a cancer charity. I don't want to do cancer council. Everybody helps them. Like, Mm. give me someone that I can really help. And I found one. And then, honestly, like, within a year, there was an opportunity from Vodafone to... Um, have a place in a program called World of Difference and they pick, they used to pick five Australians every year to get a full-time salary and support to run a charity. And so the founder of the charity I worked for, Sam, she was like, I'm putting you up, you're going to win, come on, we've got to do it. I was like, yes, we're going to do it. Um, And then I won a place. Amazing. How do I not know this story? Yeah, so... That was such an amazing time because everybody was so passionate. So the Warwick Foundation actually supported 18 to 40-year-olds with cancer, with their psychosocial needs, because Cancer Council really helps people of all ages, but Mm. a lot of the demographic are older. And so, you know, they would go to events and someone who was 22 would be speaking to a 60-year-old. It's a different stage of life. Yeah. And then you have like Red Kite and Canteen, and they're all for 18-year-olds under. Um, And then they raised, Red Kite raised the age of 21. But even then, you know, when you're 27 and you're facing your mortality Mm -hmm. and you're making 
decisions that will impact the rest of your life. Like, yeah, it, it, it's huge. So, um, yeah, I did a video. We had celebrity ambassadors. Margot Robbie was our ambassador, actually. Amazing. Tom Gleason, um, Matthew Richardson, like football players. Uh, yeah, it was an amazing time of my life. And I was like, yes, this is it. I'm so happy. This is where I need to be. Yeah. And then at 29, I was like, I need to get pregnant. It's like it wasn't even I need. It was my body, literally every cell in my body was like, you're going to have your daughter now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, it's time. <laughs> Who am I to argue with my urges? <laughs> <laughs> And so at 29, I got pregnant with Cerise after the first month of trying. Um, I knew I would have her. I knew she would be a girl. I knew her name would be Cerise. And I absolutely knew that after I had her, I wouldn't just birth a human. I would birth a business. And on my 30th birthday, I announced to everyone that I was pregnant and by the end of that year, so December, when she was like, 10, 12 weeks old, I'd started event head. And that brought in a new decade. So that mm. decade's dream was to build event head. And that was all about purposeful, powerful connection. It was meaningful connection. It was about people and transformation and intimacy mm. and presence. And you know, you sat with me through all of that. It just meant everything to me. Yeah. And then 39 comes. And in sparks this new dream, you know, of, of building this. It, it's not just a business to myself and Hayden. It, it's mm. a legacy to yeah. his family, to Australian natives, um, the ingredients that we use to keep that going. Um, to oh, It's just I don't even know how to describe it, but that feeling that I've always carried with me of, it's got to be bigger than me. It's got to mm. be bigger than the one-on-one. It, it just has to, I just want to impact people on that huge scale. That's, it's the same but completely different. Yeah. The, it's like the goal, the focus, the, the heart of it, the soul of the work that you're here to do is the the through line is there you know you can see it even hearing you talk about it the soul work is and this is something that I, I talk about so often so you're such a perfect example of this that becoming a coach or becoming an energy healer or becoming the director of a multi-million dollar company in a product-based company whatever the the title is or the and I've said this to you even a million times like the title doesn't matter the thing you call yourself doesn't matter the essence and the the soul of the work that you're here to do is so much bigger than like a solo business or a proprietary limited company or an organization mm. it is that's the through line of your legacy is the the heart and soul of of you and the essence of the work that you're here to do and i think what we can do is get fixated on the identity and the labels 
And I see this with new coaches all the time that they come into, and you know, you could have so easily done this and you didn't, which I, your story is so cool for that because it could have been so easy to be like, oh, I'm going to do this coaching course. I'm going to become a life coach. I'm going to grab my flower crown. I'm going to forget about everything that I did up to this point. And I'm going to put myself in the box of what a, what I perceive a life coach to be. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. You were really one of the first life coaches that I came across who had different branding from everyone else and, you know, really bold black and gold, like very different from what we were seeing at the time, which was like, well, life coaches are pastels and pinks and <laughs> flowery. It really was, wasn't you know, it? <laughs> it so was. I'm and a you one. stepping in, in your like, you know, combat boots, like your big chunky boots and, and all black, which is why we became such close friends because yeah. we were just so like the the naughty kids at the back of the classroom, <laughs> like sitting, giggling to each other and getting in trouble from Julie <laughs> at events. Um, but what I love is how you've brought you brought all of that experience from your 20s into event head when it first started out as an event company. And then as you moved into coaching and service and education-based experiences, you just brought all of that with you. And I said this to you earlier, the thing that I know the extra value that you bring in your position at Zia is as a result of if you had had a background in product development and product marketing and product-based business, or if they'd hired someone who had that, it wouldn't have the nuance or the depth or the just the breadth of experience that just brings a different element because you have a service-based background, because you have a deeper mission to support people in, in the ways that you do. And I just love that. I love that you, with every opportunity that comes, it's not, oh, it's supposed to look this way. Oh, it's supposed to be event head for the next 40 years. It's like, oh, no, this opportunity is feeling really aligned for me right now. How can I bring all of this that I know and, and bring it into the next phase of my soul work journey that is just different from a business that can be seen a certain way and show up a certain way online. So I love that so much. Thank you for putting it like that. And thank you. I mean, you're the Biff. You're the original Biff. That's always there to hype me up, make my head a little bit more inflated every time we talk. But the fact that you called it my soul work and you can see that so clearly um, you know, I, I laugh that about the new dream, new decade kind of thing <laughs> and, and how that was a recent realisation. But yeah. even the realisation in just our conversation now that, yeah, you're right, like my soul work has always had that, that thread there. It's always the purpose has always been the same. It's just looked different in different environments and different opportunities And I think that is why I bring so much of my whole self into Mm -hmm. everything because I don't come in and go, okay, I don't know anything about this, so I'm going to learn about it, but I'm also going to forget everything I've ever done. Like, fuck no. I am like, I don't know shit. (laughs) And then I learn it and then I'm like, okay, and so this is how we can make it better. Mm -hmm. And this is what we can use to make it, you know, 
more connected, more empathetic, more logical, more organized, whatever it is. Um, I actually, I really do try and use the experience that I've had. Um, I really do try and use it to amplify what I'm doing now. And so I can be a beginner in something, but still bring 20 years experience. You know, I never want to shut that away. Yeah, I love that so much. And I think for a lot of people who are, you know, at various stages in their business, there's sometimes that pressure of, oh, if I take this other opportunity, if I get this job that, you know, is exactly in alignment with my goals and my values and the work that I want to do, but suddenly I'm moving out of solo business and online business and I'm moving into something else. Do you have any tips or suggestions for someone who or for anyone who finds themselves presented with like a crossroads of how to make a decision in alignment with that bigger impact or that bigger legacy in mind as opposed to like oh what will people think if I leave this business and go and do this instead do you have anything to offer I'm sure you do I mean, I've already sworn, but am I allowed to swear on this thing? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Because, you know, first of all, like, fuck what other people think. It's exactly. so easy to say. It's so yeah. easy to say. I get it. But you know what? If something feels good for you, you can't care about what other people think about you taking a job here or doing a business there. Like, at the end of the day, 95% of people will be like, well done. Well done. Because that was brave. So, honestly, you can only think about what's in alignment for you. And Mm. the way that I know that I am doing something right is when my whole body feels like a yes. That's why people say, yeah, it's a whole body yes. (laughs) For me, for me, that feels like my individual cells are like, Mm. they're literally doing this. <laughs> it feels <laughs> it feels almost like they're moving they're shaking i can mm. feel the tectonic plates in the earth click and shift i feel the gears i know it is that moment it's visceral it is like something that i cannot explain in an articulate way but if you have that feeling if you do not follow that mm. You're only doing a disservice to yourself. Nothing is going to, (sighs) nothing is ever going to make you look back and think, oh, I'm glad I didn't do that and follow my life's work and dream, you know, so I could stay at a bakery. I don't know, whatever it is, it's if you have that feeling and you feel Mm -hmm. like the earth is shifting gears for you and your body is screaming at you to say yes, then it's okay to follow that. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many logistics in life. There's so many things that people could say. There are so many things that can make you say no to something. But what's more important than a yes for yourself, from your heart, from your soul? Nothing's, this is this is completely my mindset, nothing is forever. Yeah. Nothing, good or bad, which kind of sucks for the good. But I'm like in any decision I make, I'm confident because if it sucks, that's okay. We'll get through it. We've been through hard things before. If it's great, then, oh, my God, that's amazing. We'll do it again. But Mm. no matter what, you learn something, you grow from it, and 
it's all just an experiment. So that's what I would have to say. I love that. I knew it was going to be brilliant and it was. It's <laughs> so true. I think that when we start on the business journey, what, however that looks for any of us, there's this sense of it should be like this linear like I'm going to start this business in six months, I'll have 10 clients. I'll be making six figures because that's what the online world is telling me I can do <laughs> or should do. And if I don't do that, I'm a failure. Uh, I was talking on a call this morning about this idea of like in the business world, in the entrepreneur space, in the online world, like in really, now that I say that, in any space, like in the world that we live in, this mm. binary of pass and fail is so conditioned into us from our school experience and the way that we're maybe conditioned, especially in the Western colonised world, that it's pass or fail. And that's something that's drilled into us from such a young age. Yeah. And I think that in business, this has definitely been my experience, there is no fail. Mm. There is like next step, next decision, next step, learn something, try something again, do it again, and then evolve and see what happens. And I think that it's a, it's like a naive, like when we're first starting out, there's this, this feeling of like, oh, oh no, this didn't go the way I expected it to. I'm a failure and our worth and value and all of that can be so tied up in, you know, how many followers we have, how much money we made that launch, how well things do by our perceived notion of like what success should look like. And what I really know to be true about you and the way that you show up in the world and, and what I believe to be true is like it's actually just like you said, an experiment. It's a, it's the journey. Show up because you love the work that you do. Show up for the passion and the the deeper soul impact that you want to have, and like course correct as required. Mm. Learn and evolve. Course correct. Try again. Get up. Dust yourself off. Call your biff. <laughs> What's happening? Help me. I'm quitting. And then get up the next day and do it all again. Yeah, that's a pretty apt summary. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure we've had this conversation a million times before, so I'm not saying anything you haven't that we haven't talked about already. No, but God knows we love a pivot. We do, don't we, between the two of us? Yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> it's just, yeah, to have that freedom and flexibility and not mm. restricting ourselves. It's like, okay, we're being led here. Let's explore that. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I love that so much. I think it's such a permission giving to anyone who does think it should be looking a certain way that sometimes it's going to be, um, this is a thing that like Gary Vee says all the time, like some people, like sometimes the business, you know, business in the way that you've maybe decided it should look isn't actually for everyone and you can be an amazing director you know, number three, number five in a company and make an incredible income and have an amazing impact and be part of a powerful, incredible team. Like there's no right or wrong way to do that, to have that impact. Yeah. And I just think that's a really interesting thing because I think there's a, like a culture of like, oh no, you have to be the be all and end all of your business. Otherwise, like like that's what success should look like. You need to be the CEO and founder of this. Yeah, it's so interesting. And actually, like while you were talking, it made me realise that we want to control so much, don't we? Yes. And it's not like 
I would ever have my children and then go, you must be this person that does this, these activities and then makes this income and does this and like, I don't know, it's just that really just hit me. I'm like, wow, we really strive to control so much of what cannot be controlled, like business, like come on. You cannot, you can, you can work towards an outcome. You can plan mm-hmm. for particular things. You can have goals. And obviously that's a very healthy thing to do within your business, yeah. but to be so attached mm-hmm. and to put so much of what you believe is success onto variables that at the end of the day are not really within your control because you're not God, that is um yeah, that just feels like a lot. Of course, yeah. of course, you're not going to feel like you're hitting it all yeah. the time because yeah. it's not a game of Sims. Like it's not, <laughs> oh, it's not like playing with Lego. You're not the one controlling people and, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love the follow the heart, follow the passion, follow the opportunities I mean, that's really, if we could summarise everything that you've said today, follow that and go with where the full body yes is and (laughs) fuck what anyone else thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Is basically we don't get a say in the outcome. We get to show up every day and make decisions and make another decision and then make another decision and then tomorrow do it all again. But we don't get a say in the outcome of what that leads to and all we can do is bring all of ourselves to the roles that we do take and the the way that we are showing up and having an impact or making a contribution to the world. And you are just such a perfect example of someone who does that every single day. Oh, thank you. If there was one thing that you have, this is such a big question, I know, but that <laughs> you could you know, if you were just starting out or you were kind of in that pivot point, in that point in your nines, your 29, 39, where you're making a big decision or you're trying to decide what the next best step is, do you have any thoughts, suggestions, gems of wisdom that you would share with someone who may be in that season of their life right now? I look I'm not going to call anything that comes out of my mouth wisdom. (laughs) Well, you would be the only one. (laughs) But I I, I definitely think that the thing that always got me through and like when I talk about it, of course, I talk about it with the ease of somebody who's come out the other side. Totally. You know? Yeah, it's so easy to do that, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely. And it's not always been easy and I've armed and I've art and yet I make confident decisions but I'm not always coming to this decision in 30 seconds sometimes Mm. it can take days or weeks um I just know that when I get to that decision that it's the right one for me no matter what the outcome so I think looking back and feeling back into what it was like in that position of Here's the fork in the road. Mm. Here are the things that could happen. What do I really want? How do I make this happen? (laughs) Is this the right decision? 
the biggest thing that got me through was knowing that I could innately trust that I would make the right decision Mm. because everything that I had done in my past, even when I was 19, when I had made decisions, I would come out the other side going, huh, okay, well, I learned that and that was actually really good for me and blah, 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 blah. But I never came out the other side going, oh, that's a regret. I mean, there's obviously mm. some behaviours I had. Look, I'm not going to talk about mm, some graffiti on the wall, shit like that. <laughs> I'm not talking about that right now. <laughs> um, but the thing that's always carried me through, even now, even like having Hendrix and going all in, all in to Zia, mm. I was like, I need to trust that the decision I come to, the one that I feel so physically and just makes my heart go, yes, this is it, is going to be the right one. And it's when you start clouding it with other things, Mm. judgments, what ifs, oh, my God, like how am I going to pay the bills? Yes, all of these things come into it, but, you know, at one point, I was a single mum. At one point, my business made $500 at at the very start. At one point, uh, I had to get, um, you know, pension benefits from Centrelink because I'd just gotten divorced and I needed help to pay the rent and look after Cerise. Like, but what always got me through was like, okay, I trust in my decision. I trust that this will have the best outcome for me. I trust that if I have integrity, I work hard, I show up, I try and do smart things, that it will pay off. And I never look back and think, oh, I shouldn't have trusted myself. No. Shouldn't have trusted what they fucking said over myself. So <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That is so perfect. It, it really is because. I I totally agree, you know. We're always going to show up and make the decision that feels right in the moment. We don't know. We don't have sliding doors kind of multiverse opportunities to see what might have happened if we'd gone in a different direction. And the reality is like wasting time and energy trying to to work out what the outcome is going to be. Like it always ends up being so much better than we think it's going to be. And just following that instinct and being so led by that internal guidance, which is like such a perfect introvert, deep thinker, (laughs) Pisces. This is a conversation for anyone who's at that crossroads right now that I think is helpful, like to know, like these are two Pisces who, you know, by definition as a character trait, like decisions are not easy for us. (laughs) Not with food. Not with food, not with businesses, not with ideas, you know, not with even working out like what is the next best idea that I'm going to move on because I know that my energy is something I need to be aware of and I know that when I decide to do something, I'm going to go all in on it, hearts, you know, balls to the wall, hearts to the wall and and still being led by that inner guide is is really at the heart of it all and knowing that at any moment another pivot, another decision, another next step will present itself. Even if at the time it's like, this decision is bonkers. (laughs) Why am I doing this? It doesn't make any logical sense. That deeper heart 
knowing is just it's everything and once we let that go in in letting somebody else control that or being influenced by somebody else's opinion like that then we lose ourselves Mm. and we lose that connection with our inner guide and with that deeper bigger purpose and legacy that we you know, I think we just disconnect completely for that once we start fixating and worrying about what everyone else thinks. Yeah, mm. so true. And you know what I love? I love the fact that you're talking and I'm talking and I forgot we were recording a podcast because this is just like our normal conversation. <laughs> that is so true. I mean, All I we need forgot. is like to sit under the stars somewhere with a vodka orange. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. And our, our version of a charcuterie. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I miss you so much. I hope that I get to see you again soon and we can have a dodgy uh dodgy cheese Look. cheese board and a vodka orange at Byron <laughs> Bay sometime soon. The only thing that was dodgy about the cheese was just the the shapes that were cut too. The cheese it tasted good. It, it just... was good. It was good. It looked I think what made it worse (laughs) and for everyone this was a weekend away at Byron Bay where we made a dodgy Mm. cheese board it was the lighting the photo looked bad because the lighting was was too too much lighting Uh, (laughs) come follow along Jade and I on Instagram if if you want to see maybe we'll when this episode goes live (laughs) we'll post the the dodgy cheese board Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely not an insta aesthetic, you know, yeah. like everyone with their perfectly curated platters and then yeah. Yeah. I love for it. Sure. Me too. To I wouldn't have it any other way except that I wish we could see each other in person much more frequently than we do. Um, but thank you so, so much for carving out some time in your busy busy life (laughs) you've got so many things going on and joining us for the podcast is there anything that you like in terms of I'll put this all in the show notes all the the links and things but is there anything you'd like to share of how people can connect with you further well the best place is probably my website my personal website so that's jademckenzie.me and that feels like my little soul home so no Mm. matter what else is going on um that's the center of my little solar system so would love to see you there amazing thank you so much jade if you'd like to connect with jade further and learn more about the amazing work that she's doing and also grab the show notes from today's episode as well as the full transcript just head to emerge and expand.com forward slash podcast 014 And if you would like to get your own business besties, connect with your own mission and vision and do business differently in your own introvert friendly way, remember to head to secretintrovertsbusiness.com to learn more about my brand new membership. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me and probably to Jade too, if you left it a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And thank you so much for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.